Are vintage cards a better investment than modern cards? Today, we're diving deep into the data and the results might surprise you. My name is Jeff Wilson. By day, I invest in tech companies. And at night, I invest in sports cards. Join me and my team as we help you profit from the hobby we all love. Hello, sports card investors. I hope you guys are having a great weekend out there. Hopefully you've been enjoying the NFL playoffs and we are going to hopefully add a little more enjoyment to your day because we are tackling one of the more hotly debated topics in the sports card hobby. Which type of cards make the best investment? Are you better off putting all of your money into vintage cards like some people would suggest? Or can ultra-modern and modern cards make as good or even better of an investment? Well, we are diving deep into the data today and we're gonna let the data speak for itself to give us an answer to that question. And before we get into the data, I wanna tell you about Basketball Card Fanatic Magazine because if you are a collector or investor in basketball cards, this magazine, this is really, really awesome. It is full of tons of different pages of awesome articles and content about basketball cards every single month. It's available both as a physical magazine and you can get a digital version as well. But if you want a copy, you need to place your order by Sunday, January 23rd if you want to get the February issue. And we're making it easy for you by giving you a promo code that gives you 50% off your next issue, your first issue in your subscription. Promo code SCI50 gives you 50% off your first issue in a monthly subscription. You go to the website is bcfmag.com. Again, bcfmag.com. Promo code SCI50. Check it out. And also, check out this really incredible artwork behind me. You want to talk about some awesome you know, cards, vintage and modern and ultra modern cards. We're building out a collection of incredible artwork for your home or your office. You can check this out and order it today on sportscardinvestor.com by going to shop in the main menu bar. Okay, let's dive right in. Are vintage cards the better investment? Well, first of all, what are we talking about when we're talking about vintage cards? The sports card hobby considers vintage cards to be cards that were made prior to 1980. Now, some of you in your minds, when you think vintage, you may be thinking cards from like the 50s, or you might even be thinking cards from like the pre-war era. Very, very old cards. Well, that's all part of vintage, but technically vintage is 1979 and prior. That is considered vintage. The sports card hobby considers modern to be 1980 through 2016, and ultra-modern is 2017 to present, so cards that were just made in the last couple of years. Today, we're gonna take a look at all three of those categories and compare each of them to one another from an investment standpoint. What's interesting about vintage cards in particular, so those older cards made 1979 or before, is that as you get older, you get all kinds of different types of format of vintage cards. Things like tobacco silks and leathers and postcard style prints or tall boy cards. All kinds of different variations of vintage cards. Most vintage cards have a more plain basic look than today's ultra modern cards. 
but some people prefer that. They feel those are classic looks that can stand the test in time. And of course, we already know how the careers played out of every player who you can find on a vintage card. Now, what this does is this avoids some of the day-to-day -day volatility in prices. With, with modern and ultra-modern players who are still playing today, their cards can fluctuate based upon their performance on the court or on the field. Not the case as much with vintage cards because we already know how their careers panned out. For this reason, combined with the lower print runs, there are lots of investors who feel vintage cards are your safer long-term investment and they prefer to put their money there. But there are some disadvantages to vintage cards as well when comparing them from an investment standpoint and a collecting standpoint to modern and ultra-modern cards. First of all, as I mentioned, vintage cards are often difficult time to find in good condition and difficult time to find in a high grade. So if you like your cards looking perfect, if you like them looking sharp, or if you like to collect those gem mint grades, you're not going to find many of those on the market when it comes to vintage cards. Also, many vintage cards were printed on poor quality cardstock. They typically have uh, issues with damage, uh, poor quality control, being off-centered, being out of focus, etc. So once again, it is hard, especially to build a collection of vintage cards where all of the cards are in really sharp condition. Many of these vintage cards were not cared for for decades by the people who collected them. So today we're simply left with what we have and many of those cards are beat up. Now, while some collectors prefer the classic simpler look of many vintage cards, it is definitely fair to say that modern and especially ultra modern cards provide a much wider variety of parallels and patches and autographs. The chromium finish on a lot of ultra modern cards is also very attracted, attractive to a lot of collectors. So some would say that the modern and ultra modern cards simply look better than vintage cards. Now the market does move up and down quickly on modern and ultra modern cards, especially of players who are still playing, which for some can make them more fun to collect and invest in. A key pro for vintage is the stability, but that can also be a disadvantage. If you're the type of person who likes to speculate on the hot up and coming rookie or the hot up and coming prospect, or if you think you can spot the breakout star before the rest of the card market does, and if you enjoy the thrill of the chase, you're only going to find that thrill by collecting ultra modern cards or some of those modern players who are still playing today. Vintage is not going to provide that same type of adrenaline rush for you. But in terms of investing, what does the data say? And that is the question that we're going to answer right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at baseball, basketball, and football. And we're going to look over the course of the last year, the last 365 days, and we're going to answer the question. If you had taken some money a year ago and you had put it into vintage, modern, or ultra-modern, how would you have fared today? Is the cards you bought from vintage, would they have done better than modern? Would they have done better than ultra-modern? And what about the different sports compared to each other? Let's dive in and take a look at what the data says. 
So to figure this out, I brought market movers up here on the screen and we're looking at the price movements by card feature in market movers. We're going to start with baseball and we're going to start looking at cards that are pre-1979, so vintage cards. We're only looking at graded cards and we're only looking at rookie cards. We're looking over the last 365 days of data and I have sorted this by the number of sales. So what we're looking at here are the 25 most popular vintage cards according to eBay's sales data from the last year. These are not necessarily the highest end cards. These are the cards that sell on eBay most often. And you can see those here. In fact, the most popular card, the card with the most sales, is George Brett's 1975 Topps base card in PSA 7 condition. That card over the last year is down 6%, but that's actually a rarity because as we scroll down the list and we look at players like Robin Yunt, his cards are up. Nolan Ryan, his cards are up. Dave Winfield, his cards, this card here is up quite a bit. Johnny Bench is up, etc. Andre Dawson is up. Reggie Jackson is up. You notice a lot of green. We're looking in this column, which is price change by percentage. And you can see a lot of green, a little bit of red, but a lot of green. And in fact, overall, 19 of the 25 most sold vintage baseball cards saw their prices go up over the last 365 days. That's a pretty big percentage of vintage baseball cards that went up a lot last year. Let's compare that to the modern baseball card market. So here on my screen, I've got the years 1980 through 2016, and we're going to look at the top 25 cards from that era, according to sales volume. Derek Jeter's card, his 1993 top space card in PSA 9 condition leads the way. It was up 18% over the last 365 days. One of Ken Griffey Jr.'s popular cards was down, but others of his were up. Barry Bonds, iconic 1986 Topps traded uh, base card in PSA 9 condition. That was down 13%. We see more Ken Griffey Jr. cards. His upper deck cards were up. His Donruss card was down. Ricky Henderson's iconic 1980 Topps card in PSA 8 was down 2%. And as we continue to scroll down the list, you see that it's a, it's a little bit of a mix. Some up, some down over the course of the last year. And in fact, if we look overall, 16 of the top 25 cards from the modern baseball card market went up in value over the course of the last year. So 19 of 25 vintage baseball cards went up, 16 of 25 modern baseball cards went up. But what about ultramodern? What about cards that were just from the last few years from 2017 through current. And I've brought that up now on Market Movers. You can see we're looking at the last few years of cards here. The most popular card from this era, Juan Soto's 2018 Topps Update card in PSA 10, that is down 41% over the last year. Tatis's 2019 Topps Base card in PSA 10, down 49% over the last year. Luis Roberts' 2020 Topps Chrome Base card in PSA 10, down 78% over the last year. And as we scroll down this list of popular ultra-modern baseball cards, this looks like a bloodbath. In fact, there's only two cards that have gone up. Shohei Otani's Topps Update PSA 10 card, that's up 279%. And as we go further down the list, you'll find another Shohei Otani card. His 2018 Topps Chrome Base Card Pitching in PSA 10, 
that is up 472%. But all of the other cards, all of the other cards from the ultra modern era of baseball are down. Only two of the 25 top cards from ultra modern went up in value. So it has undoubtedly been a bad year for ultra modern baseball cards, while it was a pretty good last year for vintage and for modern. So does this pattern hold true for basketball as well? Let's take a look. But before we do, let me remind you that all of this data you're seeing is from market movers. And you can get instant access to data just like this in an incredible amount of additional data, tracking hundreds of thousands of sports cards by going to sportscardinvestor.com and clicking on market movers in the main menu bar. All right, let's dive in to the data for basketball. So let's start by looking at the top 25 vintage basketball cards. And here they are on the screen. Moses Malone's 1975 Topps card in PSA 8 condition leads the way, but that card is down 39% over the last year. You then see some Julius Irving cards on the list, but they're all down as well. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his 1969 Topps card in PSA 4 condition, down 52% over the last year. In fact, as we look down this list of iconic vintage basketball cards, the most popular vintage basketball cards in sales volume on eBay, a lot of them are down. In fact, overall, just five of the 25 most popular vintage basketball cards went up in value. The other 20 fell in value. So unlike baseball, where most of the vintage cards went up in value over the last year, Basketball, only five of the most popular vintage cards went up over the last year. So does the picture look better for modern and ultra-modern cards? Let's take a look here at the top 25 modern era cards, led by the 1996 Topps Kobe Bryant card, PSA 9 condition. Unfortunately, this one's down 66% over the last year. Shaquille O'Neal's rookie card, down 60%. Kevin Durant's rookie card, down 67%. And as we scroll down this list and you look at those price changes by percentage, look at all of that red. Tim Duncan down 75% for his 1997 Topps base PSA 9. It is a lot of red. Even Giannis's cards are down. Giannis's 2013 Prism base PSA 10 is down 65%. It has been a rough year for the modern basketball market. In fact, just one of the 25 most popular cards went up in value over the course of the last year. So surely ultra modern must be doing better, right? Cards made from 2017 to present in basketball, those guys, those have to be doing better, right? John Morant, maybe some of those guys have gone up over the course of the last year. Let's take a look. So here on the screen, I've got those 25 most popular ultra modern basketball cards according to sales volume. Oh, and there's John Morant leading the way. But John Morant's cards, his 2019 Prism base rookie card in PSA 10 condition is down 65% over the last year, despite his recent outstanding play on the court. Zion Williamson down 72%. Luka down 73%. Trey Young down 67%. It has been a bloodbath for ultra-modern basketball cards. Kobe White down 89%. Tyler Hero down 84%. Yikes, RJ Barrett down 76%. There is not a single ultra-modern basketball card, not a single one that has gone up in value over the course of the last year out of the 25 most popular ultra-modern basketball cards 
because of sales volume. So in baseball, the pattern that we saw in baseball does hold true in basketball in that investing in vintage basketball over the last year was a better investment than investing in modern basketball. And investing in modern basketball was a better investment than investing in ultra-modern basketball. However, overall, investing in basketball was far worse of an investment than investing in baseball from any era. Now, that's just the last year. If you went back and looked at the year prior to that, basketball cards escalated in price more than baseball cards as a whole the year prior to that. But this last year, it was a different story. The basketball card market got overheated, came back down to earth, while the baseball card market, especially vintage, actually had a real opportunity to shine and saw a lot of its cards go up. So here we're looking at the 25 most popular vintage football cards, according to eBay sales data. Leading the way is Walter Payton, his iconic rookie cards, they're all going up. And a lot of this of the vintage football cards on your screen here, they're going up. Terry Bradshaw's rookie, OJ Simpson's rookie, Joe Green's rookie, Jim Brown's rookie, rookie card, Roger Staubach's rookie card. A lot of upwards movement in these vintage football cards. In fact, overall, 20 of the 25 most sold graded football cards from the vintage era went up in value over the course of the last year. So much like baseball, if you had invested money in vintage football and vintage baseball a year ago, overall you would be doing really, really well with your investment. Now what about the modern era of football cards, 1980 through 2016? Let's take a look. Those are up on the screen now. Leading the way is Barry Sanders' 1989 Topps traded base card in PSA 9 condition. That card's up 75%. Jerry Rice's card's a little bit down, but you can see others like Dan Marino, his card is up. Joe Montana's card is up. It's a little bit of a mixed bag here. Some are up, some are down. Aaron Rodgers is up quite a bit. Of course, he's still playing on like some of these guys, whereas Russell Wilson's cards are down quite a bit. He's obviously still playing as well. So it's a little bit mixed, some up, some down. Happy to see my, my Florida Gator, Emmett Smith. His uh, popular rookie card, the 1990 Topps traded PSA 9 is up 35% over the last year. Overall for modern football, nine of the 25 most sold cards over the course of the last year have gone up in value. How does that compare to ultra modern? Let's take a look here at ultra modern, the most popular Ultra-modern card over the last year in terms of sales volume is Kyler Murray's 2019 Donruss base card in PSA 10 condition. That one is down slightly. That one is down 4%. Of course, he's been playing pretty well this year. Other players' cards, they're down more. Even Justin Herbert's down, down 60%. Lamar Jackson down 52%. Josh Allen down 45%. A Kyler Murray Prism card has not performed as well as his Donruss card. That one's down 39%. And you can see a lot of red. Even Patrick Mahomes is down. Joe Burrow is down despite his outstanding recent play. Baker Mayfield is down. In fact, there is red as you continue to go down and you continue to go down and you continue to go down and you continue to go down. Look at that. This price change by percentage column is red all the way down the screen. So what you see is that not a single ultra-modern football card has gone up in value over the course of the last year. All 25 of the most popular ultra-modern football cards 
just like basketball, all 25 have dropped in price over the last year. And what happened was that in 2019 and 2020, we saw the prices of ultra modern cards go up like crazy. There was a lot of price escalation over the course of 2019 and 2020. But the population counts of those cards have gotten real high as those cards are coming back from grading companies in droves and being sold on the markets. And we're seeing pop counts in these cards in the thousands or in some cases even in the tens of thousands. Demand has not been able to keep up with supply. The market had gotten overheated over the course of the last two years. And this year we had a pretty big price correction in the ultra modern markets. But that price correction for the most part just affected ultra modern cards and modern cards to a degree. As we look back to vintage, particularly in football and baseball, not, not quite the same in basketball, but particularly in football and baseball, even during a year when the market overall went down a lot, vintage football and baseball remained hot and card values continued to escalate. And a lot of that comes back once again to supply and demand. There is just not nearly as much supply of those vintage cards out there on the market. So the demand is keeping prices escalating. While with the ultra modern and some of the modern cards, there's a lot of supply and not enough demand to keep the prices going up. So the question becomes, are vintage cards your better investment going forward? Let me answer that in the short term and let me answer that in the long term. In the short term, if we look over the course of this year, will vintage cards go up more than modern or ultra modern cards? My answer is I don't totally know because the hobby does tend to go in cycles. In some years you see the modern stuff really hot and in other years you see the vintage stuff really hot. But there are two important factors at play that will continue to hold ultra modern down a little bit and continue to allow vintage to continue to have success. And that is the fact that there's a lot of printing of ultra modern cards and there's a lot of supply. It is going to be hard for ultra modern cards to really take off in the marketplace again because of the amount of supply, because of the population counts that exist today. Conversely, vintage is always going to be helped by the lack of supply. The fact that vintage cards, there's just not that many of them that exist, particularly in good condition makes vintage cards always desirable and is going to help the price. So overall, if you look in the long run, I definitely think vintage is a better investment, especially compared to ultra modern stuff that has been printed in the last couple of years. It's simply supply and demand. If I'm placing a bet over the next 10 years or 20 years in terms of what's going to go up the most, I'm looking to vintage and I'm also looking to modern. There are some iconic modern era cards like Michael Jordan's 1986 Fleer basketball card. If you get a high condition version of that card, that's a card that I absolutely love over a 10 to 20 year period of time. There are some ultra modern cards that will hold value and that will go up in value. But you got to look at the population counts. And when you're looking at base cards and that type of thing, to think that a base rookie card of Zion that has, you know, more than 20,000 of those in PSA 10 condition today will hold a ton of value 20 years from now, that's taking a big chance. I'd rather bet on the vintage cards, which have a lot lower population counts 
and players whose careers are already baked. We already know what they accomplished. So once again, short term, what's your better investment? It's a little bit hard to say, but longer term, as you look out into the future, vintage and certain modern cards are the ones that are likely going to do the best. But that doesn't mean that you can't make money with ultra modern too. You just have to be smart with the particular cards that you're buying. You got to pay attention to scarcity. Isn't this fun? I love diving into the data. I love geeking out on this type of stuff and, and educating myself and educating you on what the data has been like, what the data looks like, and projecting what that may be going forward. If you love doing this type of stuff too, you're going to love Market Movers. Go check it out. Go to sportscardinvestor.com and click on Market Movers in the main menu bar. And if you like this episode today, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't. And if you already have, hit that subscribe and that little bell icon, then hit that like because every like helps as well. Let me know what you think in the comments below. I would love to hear your take. Are you all in on vintage? Or do you think there are more opportunities right now, perhaps, in the modern or ultra-modern market? Let me know in the comments. And I'll see you back in a couple of days with our next episode. Take care, everybody.